Forty chest, yeah. Forty chest, huh? Forty chest, let's get it. Forty chest, huh? Forty chest, hey, hey. Forty chest, this a trade show. Patreon where the trades go, tapping and watch. That's what you came for. Ain't gotta say my name, they know my name, bro. What's good, man? We got McNutt in ATM. Always start off the show with a trade from them. You should always make sure that your trade is in. Patreon, why not be a Patreon? Know you wish you could spend every day with them. Tap in and say what you gonna say with them. Stop harming and fill up a stadium. Next time you log in, make sure that you bring a friend. We about to kick off at the day begin. Go follow the socials. 40 Chess FF is posted. If your trade is an F, you get roasted. Go like and subscribe for the crew. Apple, Spotify, and the YouTube. You know Cooper got the wall too. Let us give you a walkthrough. 40 Chess. This is 40 Chess. Sir. Yeah, let's get, it. let's get it. Welcome back, and everybody, to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Adam. A little bit, a little bit on the later side tonight, starting this off live for the patrons. But uh, yeah. we're gonna get it. We're gonna we get it. it. We got plenty we got of time. <laughs> we got plenty of time. First off, how are you? How I'm are doing you? well, man. Doing real it's well. Tuesday evening. Really good Tuesday evening, man. You know, we got. Dude, I got my shirt today. I, Go. I I just got mine too, and I um, you know what? I should have thrown it on. Damn, would have been yeah. awesome. America's yeah. game, you know. Yeah, I got a rocket. Got to represent. Eric's killing it. Everything yep. he does, waiver wire. America's game, and then uh, joining us on start sit. And Absolutely. the uh, the, the short Christian made today that I dropped was uh, hilarious. It was fantastic. <laughs> as soon as it starts off with you, you're like, oh no, what is this going to be? <laughs> This is awesome. Holy crap. Uh, no. We we could make a lot of those shorts. Those could be a weekly thing. Me missing yeah, on uh, Start Sit. <laughs> yeah. Who needs fucking fantasy receipts when, you know, we got South Hardman receipts? We just make fun of ourselves. Well, you fantasy mean, receipts kiss our ass. You know, I, I, I give you plenty of chances to um to make fun of my Start Sit ones. McLaughlin, yeah. you know, <laughs> Brees. Why you guys want to start Brees? Why you want to start Brees? Yeah, Denver's uh, Dem- Denver's good for a seventy-two yard run to the house from everybody, right? Good, good. Listen, uh, somebody reached out on Twitter and uh, had just asked about uh, warp in general, and I know we've talked a metric fuck ton about warp, but how about we do some uh, some basic here, Adam? I'm I'm looking at warp and and let's give the people some actionable advice on like players you would buy based off of warp right now through five C- five, and then talk about what we pay for. Them, okay. Right? And if we're doing this, just just keep in mind, right? Let's preface it by saying we're doing this from the lens of a contender. Okay, I'm not I'm not giving you dynasty buys based off of warp when uh, you you're not competing until 2024, right? That yep. shit don't matter. Okay, warp does not factor into uh, long term rebuilds. <laughs> no one cares. Yep. No one really cares. It's not it's not predictive in that way. No, no, no. So I got it pulled up for a best ball we- league, and I'm just looking at true warp, warp per game. Which right? which league are you no. looking at? So I'm I'm looking at the 12 by 11:30 PPR Perfect. best ball, right? And uh, started with the quarterback position, Adam. Even though Russell Wilson's kind of played bad, 
or it seems like he's played bad, still near the top, right? Your dynasty buy, your ATM's money move, the first one that you put out, still looking good, man. Do you do you anticipate like it getting like just super catastrophic for Russ? You know, like maybe like it has for Daniel Jones, or like are you still wanting to buy Russ? Because I look at it and I go, damn, dude's still maintaining here. Like he's still at the uh, the upper half of the quarterback list. If I just look at points on uh, warp per game, he's number six, Adam. Still, yeah. still with with <clears throat> we're five weeks in. He's had a couple of what we perceive as doozy games, and still up there. Yeah, I mean. Like, Russ is one that, no, I'm not worried because, so what's going to happen? I mean, is Denver going to all of a sudden turn it around and, and start winning a shit ton of games? I yep. doubt it. I mean, could it could it happen? Sure, but he, my point is if it doesn't, yeah. he, he still has enough weapons and he still can throw the ball. And he, they're, if they're in a negative game strip all the time, he's going to be scoring fantasy points. I think sometimes corollaries between team success and player success don't have to be completely intertwined. Like, his role is already showing you all these weeks. Now, is he going to be winning a bunch of football games? No. Is there going to be some bad weeks that he has this season? I'm sure. Like where he's yeah. not actually that that good in points per game or in, in warp. But no, I mean for what he costs and for his perception. Like since I made that video, he's he's maintained his value and his perception's almost going down still. So Right. Still tanking. <laughs> still maintaining. It's almost, it's almost like I was a little a little too early because you're probably getting him cheaper today. So contender, lineup league need a little bit of quarterback help, maybe solidify the QB2 spot. You comfortable sending a first in the lineup for Russ? So, I mean, I would say given what we are experiencing right now, I would try to do something where I'm not actually sending a liquid first. But if I had to, yeah. If that's what I needed to, I would do it. Could you do something like maybe sell a, a younger quarterback who's underperforming? Uh, Mac Jones is hated. Kenny Pickett is, you know, the roller coaster of Kenny Pickett, like maybe that one. Do you attach like a yes. second to one of those guys and go like, yeah, I'm just really trying to solidify this this QB2 spot? I still think you could probably send like those type of quarterbacks for him and get him right and get him straight up. No, you very well could. Very well could. You know, like the, Keep Trade Cut's going to tell you they need to send you a plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move down one spot. The guy right below him. Um I don't know. Could we could we get this guy a nickname? You know, other than like flying Hawaiian, like could we get like Mister Consistent to a tongue of Aloha, number seven, warp a game. Yeah. And this is on you know some some rougher games, right? Mm-hmm. He had two interceptions this past week. Still didn't really matter. Still put up fantasy points. Still a warp difference maker at the quarterback spot. Uh, Adam, I would definitely like. I would value this dude as a QB one, like your number one QB. Yes. On a super flex team, pretty easily. For sure. What would you pay to go get Tua? Like, I don't see this changing anytime soon. I know the loss of A chain for a few weeks here, while he's on a IR, I guess with this with this knee injury is probably going to hurt a little bit. But mm-hmm. the rest of that offense, I mean, Tyreek Hill's healthy, Jalen Waddle's healthy, Raheem Mostert has been a godsend, and now you can officially go ahead and talk about Jeff Wilson. I was about to say, I, I was <laughs> waiting for Mike to say. All this Jeff Wilson hates coming to you know right right here to fruition is. here. Um, right back. Tua. Yeah, Tua. I think. I think Tua is probably. Is he going to cost two two first? I don't think he quite costs that. Uh, just because people still carry that that negative about Tua still, you know, the, even the, when he well hits, the concussions, yeah. right? The concussions and 
he doesn't have the strongest arm, even though he hits Tyreek Hill in stride multiple times for right. long touchdowns. No one really seems to care or give him credit, but right. I don't think he quite cost two first. Um, let, let's say he did, though. Would you be comfortable paying on a contender? You're 24 and you're 25, let's say. Uh, the, the, it's not the price; it's the the way in which I'm purchasing to it. I think that I would have an, mm-hmm. a little more of an issue with. Like, I, I'd like to even send one of my first and then find a first player range, right, and try to get them that way, as opposed to doing sending my first out for twenty twenty five. But if you told me I had to, and that's all I was missing, it's just when you make a lot of moves like that, where you're buying someone an individual player for your first the next two years. There, no matter how good that player is, there's a lot more outs for them than there is for you. You know, what about uh, like sending uh, like a Daniel Jones in your first? Easy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just throw him the, them out there because some people might actually accept a Daniel Jones because they're like, oh, it's going to get better. It can't always be this work. He's got the contract. He's still young. You know, he's got the rushing upside. You know, all that. Maybe that's kind of the the piece you attach with a with a first to go get a guy like Tua which I think would be a, a reasonable move. Um, what about like a Baker? Baker's really starting to climb in value. People really start to like him. Actually, I just made a trade ba- today. Baker's going to be or- on the money moves this week, man. I'll give you a little sneak peek. <laughs> Let's go, man. I, I, I just can't believe I'm doing away. that either. I hate that, you know, him being the old Brown. I just traded away Baker, actually. And uh, got got the aforementioned Daniel Jones plus Tyler Conklin, you know, just in a best ball league, just getting another piece. I don't mind it in best ball. Conklin's a piece that's slept on. 0.75 tight end premium best ball, you know, yeah, just adding you, bodies. You need that. that yep. Sometimes you got to get crafty to add those types to the room, you know? Right. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on Baker, but I think that might be another one maybe you attach first to and uh, to, to really upgrade to get yeah. into that solid, like, tier one type, you know, asset at the quarterback position. See, that that's the weird thing about Russ, right? So when we kind of bring this all together and then the way you would, would actually use this information and like the way I, I process it and the way I, I want to uh, implement it. What's interesting is like, okay, when you, when you gave me the first for a Russ question, it's not that I don't want to, that I'm not comfortable with the value really. It's more so if I'm doing something to quarterback, I'd, I would rather for the most part, if I'm sending liquid picks, I would rather go to like the Baker range. Like I'd rather find somebody that's not going to probably mm. cost me a first and acquire one to fill in the gap there or let me go to, let me go a lot closer to the mountaintop and like all right let me send one of those lower quarterbacks plus something including a first and go get myself solidified like i if with russ when i send a first it feels like it, by doing that with that liquid pick i could probably attach something to go higher or just drop down a little bit and not not get russ's warp but get replaceable level you know get me by level with like a baker or something for a lot cheaper i really wanted to put kirk cousins on this list but with the justin jefferson news for the next four weeks like it's really hard for me to say go buy kirk cousins not because i think he's a bad player but you take the best receiver out of an offense for four weeks like as much as you like addison or as much as i think kj osborne's a little bit underrated and you know they got some pieces and that offense is gonna have to throw the ball because they can't run it for shit you still go, man, Like you can't take away a Justin Jefferson from a quarterback and then expect him to keep continuing what he has been doing. Like, that's tough. That's a, that's a tough sell for me. Big time. I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see how it develops because, man, but depending on how much time he ends up missing, if Kirk is playing pretty bad during that stretch, 
there's already been the clamoring for the the fan base, right? And people are ready. We get tired. People are so tired of the same thing over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I could see that bit getting sketchy, you know. All right, here, here's a couple other ones that I really like to to maybe explore and go to acquire. One of them coming off a bad game. One of them coming off a very good game. <laughs> so different ends of the spectrum here. By right? high, by low. What do we got? Jordan Love at at warp QB nine in warp per game. Still, mm-hmm. still. Even if he doesn't do anything in the first half, which seems to be a theme. Now his second half of this last game wasn't very good. <laughs> either as far mm-hmm. as actually you know being a good NFL quarterback but you know you saw the, the previous week he had a bad first half and then exploded in the second half and that's what's really keeping his war value up here but through five weeks man still QB9 and war per game and uh that might be one where you go oh Raiders Monday night primetime Jordan Love looked like a fraud and uh I think one of the things I like to uh, possibly buy in is uh Aaron Jones is coming back at some point, right? <laughs> like he's not going to be out the. I, I hope so for my teams. I hope you're right. That offense looks very, very good with Aaron Jones in there because Aaron Jones is a very, very dynamic and very good running back. Um, he's got Christian Watson back. You saw him with the long catch on yep. uh, Monday night, but uh, Jordan Love still might be a sneaky buy for me. Right? Really? Yeah. And mm. I think that's one of those kind of like Russ, where you know. He, he might cost a first, but you could probably also get by with, you know, a couple seconds or, you know, a second and another lesser quarterback. Uh, you might even get by with, after this bad week, you know, selling the hopium of Daniel Jones and like a third to go get Jordan Love. Like somebody might look at that as a pretty lateral move. So Jordan Love, I would much rather buy into than a Daniel Jones at this point, though. What do you think? I mean, uh, relative to the two, I guess Love, I could see uh... – I think from a production standpoint this year, warp warp like production, it, he might he might be you know middle of the pack. Like I, I still when I look at this line, speaking of looking at things, right? Sometimes <laughs> there's certain numbers that okay, like he is technically nine, but like when I look at warp per game, I mean he's no different than really Sam Howell right now, and. That's yeah. where that's honestly where I kind of view him as. Like I don't view him that much higher than Sam Howe personally. I, I don't think he has any level of attachment guaranteed to his future value. So if I can get him for Sam Howe prices, which I know you can't, then I'm in. But that's where I draw the line. All right. How about one that just came off a blow up game though? Number ten. Who? Justin Fields. Ooh, this one's tough, man. This is a tough, tough one. Where are you at with Fields? I'm kind of curious this one I'm, with, with you too. We knew the Denver Broncos were a get-right game, right? For everybody knew it, but he also got right for sure in that game. He did. What he did to the Commanders was actually way more impressive to me, right? Sure. I, I don't think the Commanders are a horrible defense. I actually think their defensive line with Chase Young now back, fully healthy. Montez Sweat is balling out. We know the inside with uh, Allen and Payne are like those are some dudes, right? So that defensive line versus Chicago's offensive line, which is one of their biggest weaknesses. Uh, didn't really seem to matter. And him and DJ Moore just exploded on those guys. Like, absolutely exploded on them. I did see somebody on Twitter, like, try to come at me when I was like, oh, look at that second week of double Justin Fields hate or whatever. They're like, yeah, those those passes were almost picked off. That's called ball placement. And that's putting it where only your receiver can get it. That's what you do when you're a good quarterback. So, uh, shh. 
I give him the hush, <laughs> the hush, right? Almost. Not a single one of those was an almost pick. Every single one of them was right where it needed to be. I almost won some championships last week. He almost did a lot of things, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> almost, almost. But the, it, like, if he just had like an average game against commanders and kind of went back to early season Justin Fields, I'd probably still be shitting my pants. But the fact that he tore the boys up in the worst possible way, <laughs> like absolutely nuclear – Khalil Herbert loss is going to hurt a little bit, but you know maybe there was something to this uh, Chase Claypool locker room cancer thing, right? Justin Fields looked pretty good in his first game without Chase Claypool. <laughs> I, I I don't know if that how much that pl- has to play into it, but I tell you, the the point you just made to me was the big one. Like he looked a lot better this last week than I was probably expecting. I expected him to look good in that game versus Denver. But he, he also did surpass what my expectations were as far as him playing well. So there's two weeks of that. He started off really slow last year. You got so I remember that, and I also think about how different this whole this whole system is he's, he's being played in. And then as well, his top weapon does what? I mean, that, the the chemistry there looked tremendous. And one of the reasons I think we we're excited this year was DJ Moore coming over. I, he's a polarizing one, man, because. Personally, th- this only goes one of two ways, Mike. This is only going to go one of two ways with his value. Now, the production from him and wh- where he ends up playing and all that, but like if he plays well enough to hold off them drafting a quarterback next year and they buy in and surround him with weapons and that narrative goes away, he's too athletic and he's too good for him not to be sky high in Dynasty. But if that's not the case and he, and he I ends wouldn't up... Say- what's that? Go ahead. I wouldn't say I'm like ready, like as the probably the one of the Justin's Fields truthers, like me and D Bro still driving this bandwagon hand in hand. But uh I wouldn't say I'm ready to pay two liquid first for Justin Fields I'm right not. now. No. Okay, because you're a little bit burned, yes. But I will say where he's at just relative in market, uh, he's in that range where he's a top twelve quarterback, right? And war per game showing it. He comes in at number ten. Uh you can go look at antiquated points per game if you want whatever the metric is but Justin Fields does have that elite like QB1 overall potential on the week every single week I would say this he, he's back in that territory of like for most people back end QB1 right yeah. 11 12 dynasty ranks like you want to feel good but you're still cautious I think that's the prime spot to go and flip assets that aren't really difference makers and just hold a shit ton of dynasty value for no apparent reason even though there's no production right it's all youth it's all hype right Garrett Wilson would be one yeah like that would be listen I'm going to play the scarcity of the quarterback market and what it means to me versus holding on to an asset like Garrett Wilson if you have a Jackson Smith and Jigba that you wanted to get off right as much as I love uh Devon Achan now with this news if that's still a possible flip right a running back for a quarterback even a back-end QB1 type those are the kind of moves you go out. Like he's right in that range with Kenneth Walker's of the world, Travis Etienne. I'm going with the quarterback. Sure, like, I'm taking the gamble on Justin Fields before I'm taking the gamble on those guys. I'm with you. I think if I could, if I could send away um, non-quarterbacks and get him, like that would be a, a, a great way to probably like hedge your bet a little bit and also just play the quarterback position up. I, I think. With Justin Fields, part of the problem when you talk about buying in for two first, why I won't do it is he's already proven how many times there's no value retention with him. Like that's 
even if he be, even if he bets if your bet wins with him you don't have a safe fault back right like it's almost like you're on this rope and you know if you take a wrong step there's nothing below you like that's the problem with fields is three weeks ago two weeks ago whatever it was it was two two weeks ago and change people are panic i'm talking pandemonium like get to any first i don't give a i don't give a shit if it's going to be 112 locked in just take that first man what if that's his liquid yep. retention mike get, i i'm i don't want to buy two i don't ever want to buy for two first that's the problem with fields to the point of would i would like to buy him yes what is the cost if someone's going to let me send any first i i'll there's not a league i won't do it in even if i'm going to be a tanking team and I'll give a I'll give an honorable mention here to two guys, right? Love it. Right? Just two guys, maybe possibly explore, and one of them, you know, don't lose your shit because I said his name, but uh, Sam Howell, you you brought him up earlier, love it, and Brock Purdy. Literally, both those dudes right back to back in war per game. So before you go like doing the victory laps that you got Mike to admit about Brock Purdy, he's still QB fourteen in war per game even after last week's blow up. So just pump the brakes here, boys. Pump them a little bit, but where where are you at with Purdy and Mathis? Where are you at with Purdy and Very solid QB twos, very solid QB twos that you could get. You know, I think uh, I think Hal Hal would probably be the one that I would actually actively target now because even if I removed Brock Purdy's name and I replaced him with the guy right below it, Joshua Dobbs, mm-hmm. Hal is the cheaper, the the more acquirable one. Like it's weird to say too, but he's more on the level with like a Josh Dobbs as far as acquiring <laughs> yeah, him. For Even sure. though he's got some fanboys out there, Josh Dobbs probably does not, but he's making them as they come. I would say people are still a little bit overinflated on uh, Brock Purdy, right? Like I see now he's keep trade cuts like dynasty quarterback twelve, like he's yep. a QB one in dynasty value. So yep. it's going to be a tougher buy. And if I got to buy into that range, kind of like you were talking about with uh, some of these other guys. Maybe you just go down to the cheapest option. Who's got Sam Howell? Can I pick him up? Because reasonably, the the outcomes for both of them are probably the same. Now, I will say, though, Brock Purdy's job security is probably a lot better than Sam Howell's. You know, long-term, if you want. Question. I think the the thing about Sam Howell, he's interesting to me, Mike, because trying to, like he, he gets into that, probably in that Baker range, you know, where it's like, the, the the difference with him and Baker though is people can still tell themselves a story even if it's not a likely one, where he's good enough to where he can still be a team's franchise quarterback or that they're not going to get rid of him. He has more of this youth baked in, right? Like we do in Dynasty. With Baker, this is this cast off character now, right? So it's the same kind of principle for me with those two. But to the point you're making, I think how can be had for less than a first and you. If you get me quarterbacks in this type of range, almost universally, I'm very interested in Superflex if I'm talking about a top 15 quarterback and it's not going to cost me a first. You know? Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's uh, let's move on to the running backs here. Just Uh-oh. so happy Uh-oh. Shane was asking about it in the chat, but that's the next position we're going to go to. Let's talk about Adam, it. Adam uh, Warp. 
war per game, man. Running backs. And, and I filtered this out by running backs who played four or five games, right? Like, I don't want Austin Eckler skewing the data off of one week. We haven't seen him since week one. Aaron Jones, kind of the same thing. But actual running backs who have been playing this year, you know, have four or five games under their belt so we can get a reasonable assessment of who's good, who's not, at least right. in warp-wise. As much as I hate to admit it, right, and I th- I project that this will change, man. Zach Moss is still coming in at RB4. Right. Like, is this, let me not get over my skis here and just saying like when JT gets ramped up because of the contract and the whole thing and the talent he has, Zach Moss is just going to die. Right. Like it's going to be over. I made that mistake last week. Let me be a little bit more reasonable. Is Zach Moss, like if I could get Zach Moss for a third round pick right now, lineup, best ball, whatever, I'm doing it. Right. And if it costs two thirds, Adam, I think I'm doing it. Because I see a lot of this, like, similarities to how I hated Jamal Williams all the time last year. And then by the time you're actually buying in on them, you know, it's week nine, it's week ten, damn playoffs are already here. And it's like you didn't even get to experience the good parts of Jamal Williams because you just hated him that much for the entire season. So why not just, listen, if somebody's going to let Zach Moss go for a third, or if somebody's going to let me have him for two-thirds on the right team if I got enough laying around, why not? Why not? Because this guy's balling out of his fucking mind. <laughs> That's fair. You bring up some fair points. I mean, well, okay, so so let, let, let's backtrack. <clears throat> Last year with the Jamal Williams thing, right? By the time we bought in, the price had gone up. And I guess, I think now with Zach Moss, the question is, is that time already happened? Like, is he already a second-round pick? The price has gone up. Yeah. I think there's still, you know, with Jonathan Taylor actually coming back and signing, I think there's enough people out there being reasonable going, like, how oh, you get in a second for this dude? I mean, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, but it, it what I mean by that is, like, not that a second-round pick is going to happen all the time, just that people are going to kind of tell you to kick rocks with thirds. Where back in, like, last year it felt like the running backs that people didn't want to buy into, they're just here and get rid of these turds. You know, I don't know if people are as into just selling Moss for a third, but I don't think he can uh, sustain top ten. But at the same time, I, I don't know what if the, what if this offense is just really efficient at running the football? What if he just carves fifty percent of the work from Jonathan Taylor or yeah. in that ballpark? Well, you got a Rich is going to miss some time, but when he's back, you have, you have a very efficient running offense, so. I think probably at most points, if you could buy for a third, I'm in. Two thirds, I'm in. If I have him, he's probably a hold, unless I can get, you know, something that I just shouldn't be able to get back in the trade. I get you. How about the guy right after him, Kyron Williams? Now this might be a perfect time to go buy because he just played the Eagles defense. I was going to say, you know, undoubtedly they they shut another running back down. Like who knew? <laughs> yep. Jordan Davis. <laughs> He's, he's kind of a big man. That's <laughs> what he does. Shut yeah. running back down and kills I like, Buffett. <laughs> I, I, I like Kyron quite a bit, but um, should have seen that a slow week was coming versus Philly last week. Although relative to what the whole NFL has done this year against uh, the Eagles defense, he, he, he didn't do that bad, really. <laughs> correct, correct, right. But he comes in at RB5 still in war per game. Um, yeah. I mean, this is true warp, too. I'm not even looking at a warp on whether you would have started the guy so it doesn't discount, you know, the weeks you wouldn't have started him. But 
Kyron Williams. Like, I still think he's a pretty good buy. Me too. Uh, what are we talking? Still second and a third? Yeah, I'm in for a second and third. I mean, I, I don't think I'll do two seconds just because I think the you have too many – there's too much cost opportunity there. You, you got two chances to buy something really nice a lot of times, you know. Or you attach a third piece to those two seconds, and now you got two really nice pieces as opposed to just Kyron. So, yeah, I would do a second, and I'd probably do a third as well, or a third-type player. I think if I was going to do two seconds, Adam, I'm kind of with you. As much as I talk about this guy just being a jag, like you need to go after fantasy points and usage, and that's David Montgomery, the guy literally right below Kyron, like that would be a dude I would throw two seconds at. It's it's so crazy with Monty, man. Like – this dude has looked really good in this offense. Like, uh, I, I know we talk stuff about Montgomery's not that talented. He's just Jamal, a jag. Jamal Williams plus, baby. <laughs> Jamal Williams I, I also, plus. I, I think sometimes we do a little disservice to him. Like, I don't think he's not talented. I just don't think he's an elite or a high-end level talent relative to the NFL. This guy has right. proven workhorse ability. He's still- and he's also, like, he's also pro- show that he, dude, he can take massive workloads and stay relatively healthy. This offense is a good offense to have a running back in, man. Like, I know Detroit fans, if you're out there, you probably can't believe you're saying this to yourself. I want pieces of this Detroit offense. Like, Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, David Montgomery, the the big three that I'm really interested in. Gibbs, I still am holding out hope for long term, but I'll be honest with you about this but one too, Mike, with Gibbs. I know he's not the person we're talking about here, but Campbell's track record combined with the fact that I don't really want to start or continue to carry value on my team that's long-term running back plays. Like, I'm, you're, you guys are probably going to all think I'm the Gibbs hater, but it's just the way I'm starting to approach and change views in Dynasty. I ain't got time for this Gibbs thing, man. When it happens, I'm sure it will, and when it does happen, I'll probably be sad. But I, I would rather be that than continuing to hold first plus value on my team when that position, the value I have there needs to be scoring me points. So that's where to the David Montgomery point where right. I'm very in on him for two seconds. All right. How about uh, a guy you and I have, have loved? DeAndre Swift. It's like everything that I ever thought <sighs> was going to happen when the Eagles traded for DeAndre Swift is coming true. What a this good segue a from Gibbs, right? I would, uh, Adam, I'd definitely buy DeAndre Swift for a first. Like, and we're almost far enough along in the lineup season where even in lineup leagues, I might just go, fuck it. Let's, let's push this in right now. I need it. He's catching passes, man. From Jalen Hurts, who, who people were like, he go throws the running back. DeAndre Swift's like, he never had me. <laughs> well, Boston Scott and Kenny Gadewell. <laughs> you, know, you know what's kind of funny about that, though? Like, I was watching some stuff um, on the, his ever since his big big blow up game when game was sitting right. There's been like a lot of clips and stuff coming up, you know, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts. Like this this team, they really believe and love this kid. Like they're they're buying into the DeAndre Swift thing, and I think this is a piece that is it, it's very hard to quantify or tell yourself like how much it it plays importance in fantasy, but the truth is like, it feels like just the fact that Jalen hurts is throwing the football to him. 
I, I think he's probably earning it. But at the same time, I think Jalen Hurts is a little more mindful of like, hey, maybe I just got to get the ball to Swift here. And maybe this is a spot now that I paid and I, I don't want to have to always run. Maybe I just get the ball to him real quick and go go let him do his thing. You know, I'm going to get the, uh, the brotherly shove at some point anyway. Outside of week one, I mean, these are these are the touch counts, right? 31, <laughs> which we never thought we'd ever see. Well, the uh, last time 17. we saw that, Mikey got hurt. That's the only thing that worried me. 17, 18, 23. Are you going to tell me he's somewhere between an 18 and 20 touch running back with his talent and explosiveness and his ability in the passing, which he's getting targets at him, like three, two, four, and six. Like yeah. the targets are going up here in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Ten targets over two weeks. That's pretty good. Yeah. If you were gonna tell me that these are the touches and the targets are actually coming, like it's not just we're gonna run them up against Minnesota's defense twenty eighth because they can't stop a wet fart. He's actually gonna get passing work, be split out wide. Like this is the DeAndre Swift I'm getting in this Eagles offense with the amount of talent and the amount of red zone trips they're gonna make. As much as it sucks to see him get down to the one-yard line and then they just push Hurts' ass in, you know, good if you're a Hurts owner, horrible if you're a DeAndre Swift owner. But yep. as much as that hurts, like, the fantasy usage is still very, very good for DeAndre Swift. So I think uh, I think a first is, like, where I'm at. And it might not even cost that because people are going to be like, oh, he's going to get hurt again. <laughs> like, it's coming. Yeah, no, I'm with you, though. Um, the, the weird part, like, that last point you made was what I was going to get to, and that's – like um it's the weird thing if you were to tell if you were to tell me you know a running back's going to get 18 to 20 looks a game in Philly's offense i mean you before the year people are just i mean they're going crazy this guy's going to have double digit touchdowns and that game he went off man right on primetime it's like <laughs> they kept getting down there and you're like oh yeah he ain't getting this carry he's not going to get a lot of carries in the in, inside the you know two or three but so that that would be the one thing that like it, it probably slightly lowered ceiling, but at the same time, if you're telling me that many touches in an offense this good, and he's catching some passes, it, it I don't know if it quite makes up for the ceiling of it, but I think DeAndre Swift now, while he's playing, has a high ceiling potential in, in, in any given week because he can take a long run or a long pass to the house, but he also has maybe one of the best floors in in uh, fantasy this year, which is. That's that's the crazy part. Like, I wanted to word it that way because I I don't think anybody ever thought ever again we would see DeAndre Swift as possibly one of the best floors in a weekly basis. I would do this move straight up, but I would imagine there's still enough people out there that are still dick riding Tony Pollard. So, like, if you could get DeAndre Swift in any kind of plus for Tony Pollard, like I'm telling you, I would do this shit straight up. <laughs> Like everywhere, but I would get off of Tony Pollard for DeAndre Swift too. That'd be like one of those micro moves you make as a contender where you get that much better, safer floor. And if we're going to talk injury risk, the way the Tony Pollard's been being used, uh, holy Santa Claus shit. Like I feel bad for this guy. It was one of the things I started looking at pretty early, man. It was, I don't know, what was that week three? I think when I'm like, dude, if this is going to continue, like people got to remember too. Uh, one last point on that pollard point you just made is that he's getting all these carries and it is i'm still calling this september like the first week in october is like this is september football right nice weather you know early in the year bodies aren't beat up wait till it's 
he's playing, you know, not in Dallas. One of some of these games, he's up and he's playing Philly. He's playing New York. It's freezing cold out there. He's been using abuse all year. Getting like, dude, that's that's not a good recipe. I don't think for a running back of his stature. But I'm not banking on him getting hurt. It's just the point of that's an alarming. Like it, it raises my eyebrows when you see one running back who's never had that type of volume get it and also not look as efficient this early in the year too. It'd be one thing if he got that volume and just going crazy, but he doesn't look right. He doesn't look like Tony Pollard from last year with all that volume. Here's a, a couple guys that lump together also with DeAndre Swift that are kind of like, uh, especially their usage and their warp so far on the season. Uh, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne generally in that range as well. Yeah. Like both of them, Travis Etienne's usage has been, ridiculously eye-opening and uh, kind of the same thing in Seattle. Like, Zach Charbonnet is going to kill Kenneth Walker, and all of a sudden it's like, nah, dude's still playing 70% of the snaps. <laughs> he's, he's still the guy. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to ask you, with, with, with Swift, um, real quick, where, where do you have him in, in, like, where do you think he can kind of stay in the warp discussion? I definitely think he's going to be in that top 10 discussion just because of how good that offense is. Like, he's going to stay in there. I imagine you're probably going to have another spike week or two, like, coming up here shortly. Yeah. Like, okay. at some point where where Philly is, you know, they could just be absolutely just steamrolling some poor defensive line. <laughs> it's like, we don't need to throw the football. <laughs> we don't. It's kind of like that Minnesota game. Like, they're going to have some of these matchups coming up against with some, some beat-up teams. Um, you got the commanders game, you know, we just saw that and they always play us tough, but like the giants coming up, uh, you just saw Dallas get fucking abused, um, by a good offense. So it's going to happen at some point and you're going to be like, mm, there's another walking 30 burger from Deandre Swift. So yeah, <clears throat> warp wise, like he's got a really nice floor and you probably have that like RB like 15, 16 floor where you're like, okay, that was usable, but he's also going to have that RB one overall week where you go wish it would add him yeah. or it'll be like you we'd be playing on a thursday night and all of a sudden you wake up friday and you go well this week's lost We've oh no what happened yeah i'm with you <clears throat> um okay uh sorry what was the uh next running back you were talking about uh the next two travis etn travis etn kenneth walker so y- you know etn especially mike the way that tank bigsby's been that de- relegated to nothing in this offense like I did not expect that now I would have listened if you said like I still think ETN's going to maintain the the 1A role but like if you would have told me Tank's going to be nothing in this offense there's nothing you could have done to convince me that all offseason because they used high enough draft capital good enough profile for me um so that that was my concern with ETN like you know week to week like if you if he were to miss a week and tank look good maybe that role could change but like what i'm looking at right now and not really trying to bake injuries too much into my you know process i i really like etn's role this year now the problem and difference with him is he he kind of has this higher valued name that probably has him off of my target list but like i i i like him quite a bit you know this year, I think I think the role he has in a Jacksonville offense that doesn't have, you know, the DeAndre Swift thing where Trevor Lawrence is going to run hundred touchdowns. Travis Etienne very very in- interesting to me. Um, Kenneth Walker is doing kind of the same thing, which is, which is what interesting. Um, 
man. Yeah. The, the, there's the, corollary they're, they're between very the two. Similar, like, right. I think both offenses are getting better. Now, reminder that Seattle's been without their two offensive tackles for pretty much the entire season, it has yeah. felt like. Like, yep. at some point, that offensive line's going to get get healthier. Just looking at Kenneth Walker, he has the he's got the 37th ranking in run block rating. Like, that's how bad the offensive line's been for him, and it still hasn't mattered. Uh, still a top warp option at the running back position. Uh, number one in evaded tackles, and he's like, I think he's number yeah number four in, or number six in breakaway runs. Like something we know Kenneth Walker does, and he's been doing this without actually catching a whole lot of passes, which is always kind of the knock against Kenneth Walker. But he has the ability; he's a decent enough pass catcher. I just think with Jacksonville and Seattle, both of them, yes, why both of these guys carry more sexy dynasty value. Adam, it's also a bet I want to make on because I believe both offenses are are starting to ramp up where they're starting to get into that elite territory, like back to what we expected from them. And if that's the case, both offenses pretty much all year, while these guys have been top war producers at the running back positions, I'm, I'm ready, right? If this was the low, <laughs> I can't wait to see. Yeah. The, the high is going to be a lot different, man. Um, I, I do think though, like when I, when I look, um, these are guys that I think have higher higher end warp upside potential in the, uh, their respective offenses, but both of their cost of acquisition, like th- that, that's my only hesitation with them. If I don't have them and I want exposure, like I don't know how. It's very hard to go about getting those guys because people that have them, unless they're in a total rebuild, probably don't want to lose those points. And if they're willing to, what's the like, what's it going to cost to prime away? So, like, it's one of those where I have a good amount of exposure to both, and I'm kind of just comfortable there. But if I didn't, like, buying running backs in this range typically now for me in Dynasty is just – it's kind of it's kind of a no-no unless I'm, like, uh, really just sitting on a bunch of picks that I can, you know, be a little careless or I have, you know, league mates that are just completely devoid of, like, valuing the running back position and I can maybe have them cheap. Very, very, very understandable here. Um, most of the other running backs I was looking at, like they kind of just grossed me out. Feels like a dead zone running back. Uh, some ones that stood out to me though, uh, Jalen McLaughlin. Like we obviously know, we we made a short. Well, we didn't make one. Christian made a short, <laughs> making fun of you for the Jalen McLaughlin right. thing, and right. he had a very good week. But uh, he, you know, he's in the upper upper half of shitter running backs. <laughs> already in warp and it's really only been two weeks that i can think of so that might be one that you go out and try to get for cheap um i know a lot of people are you know we got asked a question i think in the youtube comments like do we sell jaleel mclaughlin for any second like yes by all means if you can get a second for him go for it uh obviously i wouldn't pay a second but third round pick for uh for jaleel like i kind of like what i've seen from this guy that's a nice speculative buy like i think i'd be able to yeah third's fine I think um, <clears throat> I, my only hesitation with it is he, he he looks good. He looks very good. Like the efficiency these last two weeks has been insane, though. Ten ten yards of carry, seven yards of carry. Um, I, I don't have a problem with with buying him for a third. My my only thing is with some of these like thirds and seconds. Um, not that this is a bad buy, but that I I really do believe that in as the season's going to carry on. Like if I have a nice little stash of those, you're gonna see more and more attrition, man. And it's gonna be to the point where 
Like if you have those extra picks laying around, week nine, week ten, week eleven, there's going to be clear and utter starts where it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about starting McLaughlin. It's like, no, no I, Pollard's going to miss out. I want Rico Dottle. Okay, well, I have what I need to buy him or wh- whoever the player is. I'm just giving you a speculative one, but um, McLaughlin has looked very good. Um, he's looked very explosive, which, I mean. Coming out of uh, you know Notre Dame College in Youngstown State, you know, Ohio kid, man, I was not expecting that, dude. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, man. And uh, here, here's something really cool. This is why I love our warp tool. You know, I can filter it by last three weeks, too, at the running back position. So if you want to kind of spot a little hot trends, okay, here's some names to keep in mind. Uh, Alvin Kamara, obviously only two games out of that three, but warp per game, a nice solid point one. So Kamara's been balling his two games back. Here's one that's been crusty uh, and been disappointing all year, especially considering what he did last year, Josh Jacobs, right? You want to go out and get him? RB9 in war per game over the last three weeks. Isaiah Pacheco, RB10. Like, Pacheco been running very hard and angry. Like, that might be a sneaky running back pie, too, if you're if you're looking for something. I think a second. Yeah, man, I think, uh, the, I think that's a good call because – like I think almost in a way, the way of the year started off, if you had Pacheco, you're nervous. You're like, is this really a three-way timeshare? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? This is the worst thing for fantasy. But now it started to feel like he's earning more of the uh, the role we thought he was going to have week one. And, you know, th- there's probably owners out there that are kind of just worried, you know what they did to CEH, the, the usage they saw early. It's like you might be able to get him for a, a reasonable price. And he he's a guy where I, I've never really been worried about what I've seen on the field. Like he's he's always looked like he runs hard. Uh, he looks good when he's in space. But, you know, it, there, there's the, the the problem with him. That, that's why if I can buy him cheap like you're talking, I'm very in. The problem with buying him is you, you should know there's no floor. Like if he gets hurt, if something happens, it's – the, the whole value could go poof. Magic trick. You know, it's all gone. Yeah. And uh, RB13 over the last three weeks in war per game, Julio McLaughlin. <laughs> there he is, man. The, Let's, go. You can't, Let's go. You can't hate on it, man. Um, the, the other crazy part is who no. would have thought that, you know, Javante would be playing this whole time and then, uh, you know, right. it'd be not Samaje P. I, I heard all this Samaje P. stuff. What? Yeah. Where is? Where are they? No, thanks. Where is he on this warp list? All right, I couldn't receivers. find him. <laughs> wide receivers for me, Adam, I'm going to, you know, a lot of these, I mean, we, we talk at nauseum about Puka. Puka's been awesome. Number three in warp per game. Like, he's awesome. Okay. Um, but Mike Evans, Adam Thielen. How about some old crusties? Probably two very different costs. Like, I, I don't know if Mike Evans costs are first, Adam. I, I wouldn't venture to say that he does. Um, but it's probably pretty close, right? People still really like some Mike Evans. I can definitely tell you Adam Thielen does not cost a first, and he might not even cost a second. <laughs> like he might <laughs> take that. I think I saw him Koopa traded his ass away for like a third and a bag of chips or something. <laughs> I don't remember what the hell it was, but I was like, what? Koopa, come holler at your boy next time. <laughs> you know, you know him best, ball. I'm very interested in that price. Um, Mike, I think – I'm going to tell you what I think about Mike Evans first. So, Mike Evans to me, th- this is one of the the more um, I don't even know. It's not contentious, isn't the right word. Not, frustrating is still not even the right word, but along those things where 
if you've talked about, let's say, 95% of people in fantasy football, in dynasty fantasy football, they're going to fall into this range of bucket, which is someone will buy for a second, right? Like, there's so, there's so, so many people will buy at player X for a second at any given week. Marvin Mim comes off of a great week. Other people are sending seconds in every one of your leagues for Marvin Mims. I just drafted him there. I don't want this second right now. But people are, are willing to spend seconds, but when it gets to the first, you you, call, you literally get rid of probably 95% of people in Dynasty. Like, 95% of fantasy players, like the players on people's teams, people aren't going to send a first for. I think that's exactly where Mike Evans falls, which is where – like when you talk about just valuing players in, in draft pick ranges, that's where like that type of one is so hard because Mike Evans right now is he's smashing on a contender. I mean, him him playing as well as he is is part of where I have to be like, all right, I was wrong. Baker's if he's gonna have the the role and they're they're looking like this and Mike Evans is playing, you know, like a little bit slower version of his old self, you gotta be in. And so so for him, like if I could buy for a second in a you know gross receiver or some if I can throw something else into that I'm couldn't be in quicker on a contender but to your point when it gets to a first round range there's no way like even on my strong contenders in best ball I wouldn't do that right now I I wouldn't I would I don't even know if I would do it way later but maybe maybe I would do it way later right if I was going to do it in best ball or lineup I think probably the best way to do it like you said you you rule out 95 percent of the other buyers by just going to a first right? And not a lot of people are just going to let them go for a second. And then you got to try to talk them into a second plus this other piece that you want to throw in and like it's reasonable for them. And, you know, it's not always the case. So one of the moves I like to do too is I will go to the first Adam, like Mike Evans for the first, but not straight up. I'm attaching something else coming back with Mike Evans. I like that. Kyron Williams, Jerome Ford, Jaleel McLaughlin, Adam Thielen, if you got it right, give me old man Thielen, or you got you got Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Here, take one first for both of them. <laughs> Let me just split this up. Like you can look and see how shiny that first is that you got for some thirty-year-old wide receivers, and I'm just going to take the warp and I'm going to plug this dude into my wide receiver two. I'm plugging Mike Evans into wide receiver three, and here we go. <laughs> We're off and running. But I think that's the other way to do it: is you attach that first because all of a sudden that looks pretty appealing and pretty sexy. Like a 24 first. Got him. I got off these dudes for a first. You get off them for a couple seconds and some juice pieces, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> like, okay. Adam didn't even care. He put him. Out here, out here muted, man. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's how much I don't want to send a first for Mike Evans. Like, I, Just mute me while I scream. No. Um, I think that. You know, with with that, with uh, the the league you're in, Mike is is a very good point. So, like, in a best ball league, if I needed to do this, and I'm like, you know what, man, if I but if you can give me, if you're gonna throw in Jaleel McLaughlin, and you're gonna throw, if can you get me to the first price? Like, can I give you this first, and you give me three players? All right, we're talking. Like, we're, we're I'll send you my first right now. But um, in lineup leagues, even man, I still might pass. Uh, just because it would have to be a cer- the certain th- – the way I construct my team in lineup is my, – my eyes are, have been um, a lot more open this year as far as like e- – even if I'm winning the value side of that, 
I want to I want to have my team formed and constructed in a certain way. And like Mike Evans to me, with, with what I have to trade away now, like when I lose my liquidity in lineup, I want to have more pieces that I'm sending. Like when I send away my first, the piece that I get back, I want to know that there's enough that, that he's putting himself into that five percent because now I can flip him like he is a pick, right? Because if he's not. He's, he, he could be a dead asset with either, you know, poor play, injury, whatever the case might be. So, but in best ball, I'm 100% with you, man. Like, all right, we're going to play this game back and forth counters. You want my first here? here? Here's what I'll do. And if you'll give me these three pieces, you can have it. How about uh, another ATM money move? The OG, Jacoby Myers. Uh, boy's Looking just good. good, man. Looking right. good. Boy's good. <clears throat> Not a first, though. I would say no. Man, it, he he's the. Do you, do you think uh, it's the same do you think thing? Acquiring I, Jacoby is he easier to acquire than Mike Evans? I I think he was. He's never had the name cash. I think he was. I I Until don't. I don't know if right now he he is. Um, or or ATM's money moves pay it off that much? <laughs> like I I also man. This guy, outside of one week, right, has has looked like every bit of a stable floor. But then you also see there's weeks he scores touchdowns and like he's a lot more than a floor play. So even in lineup, that's a shallow lineup. He's very much a buy for me. So, um, this uh, he's gonna fall into a lot of the same categories though. I just brought up because. I don't want to. I, do, I still, as much as I love him, don't want to send a first form in lineup leagues, man. You know, it's just, it's not the way you want to construct your team personally doing it that way. But I will say there's also upside with um, what could happen later in the year for him, too. But right now, I think he's a couple seconds. I, I would do a couple seconds even for Jacoby Myers, Mike. That's how, that's how much I feel strongly with him. How about the guy right behind him? Talk about gross. <sighs> Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, baby. This is a guy that I do think, especially in best ball, you should probably what, go out. Call and, him Detroit Jacoby Myers. Yeah, <laughs> Detroit Lions could Jacoby Myers. Remember what, remember what I was talking about with with DeAndre Swift? It's funny because Swift left the Lions, yep. right? Reynolds and and Goff have been playing together on multiple teams for a while, and they they just have a chemistry, man. Like that that in best ball is probably one of the things I, I it doesn't happen often. I'm not they don't have to play for the quarterback, but when I see a situation where there's usage, the name's low and it's looking good as far as snaps go, like though these are the type of buys that I think you have to pounce on everywhere in your league. Like I, you should almost when you see someone like Josh Reynolds. I don't care how infrequently it is, but when you do, like spam your leagues. Literally every single league that you don't have Josh Reynolds should get an offer out there. Just because you might get a counter back, you might get an accept. Get your exposure up to these guys because they don't cost shit. Here's a fun fact. Warp per game. Okay. Both have played four games. Both are on the same team. 0.11 warp per game. Number 11. Number 11 for Josh Reynolds. Amon Rase Brown, 15. Wow. wow. <laughs> <Josh> Reynolds, <laughs> Like, who would have thought that shit was ever going to happen? <laughs> what, what's crazy is, um, you know, Josh Reynolds probably is going to be one of these guys in the lineup 
it starts making managers really like question, what do I do? Like he's, 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 he's kind of making a case to make you want to put him in your lineup, but you know, there's people that just won't do it. You know, they're going to be thinking about doing it, but can't pull the trigger. What else do we need to do for Brandon Ayuk? Like this is an alpha man. This is a wide receiver one locked and loaded. I've done everything I you could. You guys like Brock Purdy. You should, you should be loving Brandon Ayuk. I, I, I don't understand the the correlation of not loving Brandon Ayuk with all the Brock Purdy hate that I get back. <laughs> like people being like, Mike, admit he's a really good quarterback. Well, you admit, Brandon. Ayuk. I, I can tell you what is all right. Let's let's have it out. Let's see where you're at. Miles defeating the offense. Chris McCaffrey's going to get his one healthy. George Kittle just showed you. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no limit on the blow-up George Kittle weeks, right? As much as he was terrible all year. Like, yeah. that, those are always in play. Probably not as, as frequent as we remember, <clears throat> but it could still happen. George Kittle still booms with the best of them. Yes. He's, he's Tyler Lockett of the tight ends, baby. There you go. I, I, I like that. I'll let, I'll let you coin that right here. Tyler Lockett I like of the that, tight ends. Man. The shitcoin millionaire, man. He's pointing the, the Tyler Lockett of tight ends. <laughs> I love that. That has to get into the name of the show. Somewhere. Tyler Lockett of tight ends. All right, but – but then you, you have, but, but I think now the really Mike the the problem with is with the fact that Kittle. I guess the one thing with Kittle is he his we we have seen his floor probably lower than people thought. All right, so that does open up things. However, Brandon Ayuk when he's had his down game or injured game, that's when you get a Debo game, and vice versa. And I think yep. that is the problem with Brandon Ayuk is that. Value wise, people are not going to see him as alpha because they're still going to buy into Debo's old stuff. They're still going to say there's other miles to feed. So, with four miles to feed in an offense that you hate the quarterback, other people love him. But the reality is, how high can you value everyone being an alpha when you can you have four alphas? Like, that's and then where are you at with Debo? Because I know I'm skipping ahead here, he's down lower there, but uh, like, where are you at with him? And what what do you how how do you, how do you value Ayuk in in the mix is really the the question I think the problem people have a conundrum. I, I value Chris McCaffrey very high. I value Brandon Ayuk as a wide receiver one. I value Debo Samuel as a very good wide receiver two. Um, George Kittle. I mean, it's the tight end landscape. So if you put him as a top five tight end, it's like <laughs> no one gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like. He yep. can boom. George Kittle's awesome. He went to Iowa. I got he's staring at me right now behind me. <laughs> Love it. He's good. Okay, but the boy good. Like top five tight end just don't mean anything. And he, he he can boom. But you know, he's not the elite of the elite tight ends anymore. Like that's probably past. He's probably the one that suffers the most in this offense. But outside of those guys, Adam, it's a consolidated offense. I know Jordan Mason got some run this last game, but that's because they're blowing the Cowboys out. Like early, <laughs> like early, he got some run. He had, he had like a couple Jawan Jennings catches, but that's the best you're going to get, right? None of these dudes are coming out of nowhere, so it's these four guys, and it's always going to be these four guys. And if one of them's out, one of them's banged up, or one of them has a down week, that means the other ones are getting picked up, and they're they're exploding. So when you look at the totality of the season, especially for Brandon Ayuk, not only is he, you know, warp per game, you know, a top wide receiver option, Right, a wide receiver one. Not only does he score that in points per game, but you look at some of the metrics like his target share, he's in the top twelve. Like he has this ability in him where he has a very high floor, very consistent floor, and a very dynamic offense that's consolidated. Although we look at it and go, all these mouths to feed, but 
you know, if it's only four guys and it's literally none of the other pieces, we're not throwing to tight end twos and threes and you got to worry about fucking Ross Dwelly scoring fantasy points. You know, like we have to worry about in some of other offenses. Doesn't really matter. It's kind of like Miami, right? Like Braxton Berrios can have some moments, all right? But you know this offense runs through Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Devon A. Chain when he's healthy. And, you know, now that he's out, we can we can throw in that it's probably going to be, uh, you know, a little Jeff Wilson or whatever. But you're not worried about Durham Smythe. You don't give a shit about Cedric Wilson. Like, those guys are ancillary. Julian Hill, now that I actually well, know his first name. There, there we go. You don't care. You don't now, care because it goes to those guys and those guys. Now, to, I like the point. I love the points you made, actually. And, and I think not, not that um, – I don't think people value any – I think the the stopping point is that people are, they absolutely don't care about option five in this offense unless it's a deep best ball league and you're like oh maybe Ayuk's missing time or Depot's missing time you're looking to add a piece on waivers or something but I think the the problem is people still view it as like and I don't know that this is the correct way that it should be viewed because let, let, I'm gonna use two of his uh, games he's they played five he's played four right. He ex- exits early in week two. In week four, he didn't exit early, but, like, I mean, the offense kind of did. They didn't have to do anything, right? So, <laughs> I mean, those weeks, though, I think where people have hesitation is, is because there's so many miles to feed, he doesn't actually feel like a very high four play. And you're going to look at this, the, some of the stats probably if you haven't watched the games and see, you know, three for 43, four for 58. And you're going to think, like, his name cachet isn't the greatest because he's been up and down his whole time. And people are going to think like his, his floor plays just kind of meh because it could be a Debo week, it could be a Kittle week, it could be a Christian McCaffrey week. And I think it's starting to feel like this is how, you know, short people's attention spans are just their moment in time they want to live in. That blow up game from week one feels like an attorney ago, you know? They don't they don't look at his booms yep. as often as a lot of the other players in Dynasty. So I think that is where the community's hesitation comes from. I'm not there. You already know where my, my IU glove comes from. I'm just, I'm kind of right. speaking to, I think where, cause Mike, I'll tell you what, I've done this Brandon IU saga for years now, as you have with everyone. And I've heard the pushback and it hasn't really changed even when his play has. So there it is for you. It's all laid out. That's why he is an alpha though. Damn it. He's an alpha. Easily, easily send it first at this point. Easily. He, he, he's now to me now the one the interesting and weird see this is the weird part about dynasty that i'm starting to like have to almost keep my eye uh, like a you know one eye open on his name cachet is the only reason that there should even be any hesitation because for me he's now solidified himself as a table into the receivers that you're getting a elite receiver or at least the top you know 12 dynasty receiver in my mind for a first i'm sending that like i'm good but if this guy got hurt and Debo plays well, and like you could just you could just see that the the floor, the value floor for him, like the retention, doesn't exist like it does for a lot of other people. You might be able to buy, but I'm with you, dude. A, a first, unless I'm tanking, I'm pretty much willing to send a first for Ayuk. You know, just done. Here you go. <laughs> right. Um, let me just look at the last three games. Right. So see if we can find any value buys. And one of them I've been talking about for a while, it feels like on start sit, like Hollywood Brown. Wide receiver 15 over the last three games in war per game. Dude's getting fed 10 targets a game. <laughs> like 
There's nobody else, man. Michael Wilson had a week, and then he didn't do anything. Rondell Moore has, you know, never been what we all wanted Rondell Moore to be. He's exactly what <laughs> we, we wanted we, for Zay Flowers. He's exactly what we uh, thought he would be, and that's you know a, a gadgety receiver, and we just thought his value would be good, and it just isn't. Yeah, Hollywood's a right. good one. Hollywood, uh, Christian Kirk, another one in that range of wide receiver. Like Christian Kirk has been balling. Even if Calvin really does stuff like he did this last week, still Christian Kirk. Like, that's the guy I really want. Um, perennial underrated Amari Cooper, wide receiver 19. You know, don't matter if he's got a groin or Deshaun Watson's throwing dirt balls. Amari Cooper still goes out there and balls. So you want to go get yourself some Amari Cooper. How about some guys that are uh, farther down the list that uh, – Sneaky, and and this one, this one's always hesitant. It felt like it this way last year, last three weeks, man. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver, twenty-one, heavily involved. Just, just made him a hologram. Man. Stay just healthy. Made him a hologram. <laughs> just made him a hologram. Um, <laughs> all right. So so, he's done. He, here's I, honestly for me with 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 Curtis Samuel and. We we jokingly say if we call you a best ball receiver, that means you're trash, right? <laughs> the, the, yes. That's not actually. I think the distinction for me, like if you're trash, like you're not an anything receiver. You're you're not playing, okay? But the distinction for me, really, and why like Samuel would be, is okay. So l- l- let's think lineup for a second, and then I'm gonna try to like define the difference. I think Curtis Samuel's a perfect, like almost the perfect example of like the threshold and where the line needs to be drawn hard. So Curtis Samuel's getting a lot of run. He's getting sneaky as hell production. Like in best ball, those are guys that you can add really cheap that give you higher floors, especially like as you get longer uh, starting lineups. So you have some of these start nine best ball leagues maybe, right? You may not have – you don't want Curtis Samuel probably sneaking in there very often. But if you have a start 12, a start 13 – those Curtis Samuel, like, that is huge to get guys like him for close to nothing. Um, and the reason is he does have injury concern. He has no, absolutely zero, like, long-term dynasty value. Nobody gives a shit, even now when he's producing. Like, it's over for him as far as dynasty value is ever going to be. Um, yeah. But, so, so in lineup, I mean, I'd add him off the waiver wire, but, like, that's where that's it. That's all it would be. There's no I'm not going to send any type of liquid capital for this guy. I'm not going to include him in my threshold receivers. In best ball though, the big difference is he still is running a lot of routes. He's actually being pretty heavily utilized given, you know, his cost and yeah. like th- yeah. that's the distinction. You know, if it's a guy that's getting a lot of run and has the ability to we, like we've seen Curtis Samuel have I'm not sure if we've seen him have a, a true spike week, but we've seen him have plenty of top 12 weeks, right? Like, right. best ball, highly interested, lineup, pass. 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 All right, lastly, we'll finish it off with the tight ends because uh, most of these dudes are gross as shit, right? Tight end position is a dumpster fire. But two names I want to throw out there that uh, Dynasty Value, once upon a time, might have had something. Uh, but as of late... Uh, nobody really gave a shit about these guys. One of them, Eric's been talking nonstop on the waiver wire show about, and uh, that's Logan Thomas. Uh, Logan Thomas, man, coming in here at tight end seven. <laughs> Adam, tight end L- seven in war per game. 
Listen, he's uh he's been looking good. The, the whole let's just say the whole Commanders team outside of Antonio Gibson's getting holograms. Uh, they've been made this week, so um, it's uh it's real for uh, for Gibby man. Everybody's getting run, but him. But no, Th- Thomas is like if you're gonna do the a warp tight tight end approach in lineup leagues, like in best ball leagues, he should have already been a part of it. Like you should already have included him in your construction yeah. of four to eight tight ends depending on how many you know uh, roster spots you have and how many starters you got right whatever your construction needs to be but in lineup leagues i think like the with the a warp thing going on he jeez man like if you in in let me tell you exactly how um i haven't i didn't do it for him but i got another tight end and i think this is this is the way that i've been really implementing speaking of the warp i think this is a great segue into tight ends here so if you are going to take the a warp life right you know they got the ball is life warp is life like if you're gonna mm-hmm. really live this thing right yep you're gonna have this like I, I think the human element of having the warp tight end approach it's like it's like living paycheck to paycheck in that position i feel like i feel like pe- it makes people uneasy because it's just so nothing value there and when you go to start someone you're like really starting him for the rest of the year like people don't like to live like that really you know what i mean i'm not saying there's people that don't live like that but right. they don't like living like that right they would much rather have money in their account they either just don't make enough or they don't know how to manage it whatever the case may be but what i what i've noticed is on some of these teams that i have in lineup cleared out a lot of these tight ends now <clears throat> i think one thing I'm, I'm, I actually wish we had coupon this week. I'm curious his his uh his evaluation of this statement. But what I'm kind of looking to do because there's two school the schools of thought is basically you're looking to buy really cheap or not at all. Like you're just looking to just basically sell everything all the time and just keep throwing trash at it. But what I'm looking at is there's a lot of teams out there that have five six tight ends, and they're never going to start Logan Thomas, and they're also <laughs> never getting offers. For Logan Thomas. Until I'm sitting there like, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe you should have an offer for Logan Thomas. Maybe I should give you an offer <laughs> for maybe, Logan yeah. Thomas. You know? Maybe and, I could be your... Exactly. And I think that's a good way to sometimes buy up. Like, if the tight ends I'm looking for in lineup now are Logan Thomas's. They're going to be... Aged veterans, probably, because their dynasty value is completely gone. Everyone's given up hope of this, you know, this wet dream not coming. It's, yeah. I think the reality is those are the guys that you can buy for really, really cheap. And for production, like, because we've seen him be injured. We've seen him have good weeks, but people are just so over it. it I, I would send a third for Logan Thomas, even in lineup leagues. 100%. That's in How tight end premium. Let me, let, me, let me at least caveat, let me at least caveat that. T- tight end premium. I'm not, I probably, uh, non-tight end premium. I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> How about sexier Logan Thomas? Cole Komet. <clears throat> you know Just what, above man? him. I, I, can I, can I, I'll make a distinction here. I don't know if this is correct. This is my personal opinion. Cole Komet to me has enough value in lineup that I'll, I'm, he's a pass and a sell for me. But in best ball, I'm very interested in because he Cole Komet, uh, you know, he didn't make the show when I made him a blow up week. But um, like he he actually does, even with field starting as slow as he did, have the big blow up potential. So in best ball, at cost, I'm very interested because I only need him to have two of those weeks and 
you did, you did your job, Cole. You know, give me a couple floor plays, give me two of these big boom weeks, and I'm good. But in lineup, I think I think I'd cash out. All right, how about the A warp tight end life? Tight end eleven. Oh, oh sorry, twelve. Tight end twelve. <laughs> so you, you can't get outside of tight end one territory. But in true warp, playing at least four or five games, Jonu Smith. <laughs> <laughs> the cast off. <laughs> Who thought Johnny Smith was going to be so high up here? And Adam, I got to do some scrolling to fuck Kyle Pitts. <laughs> well, we, listen, <laughs> it's going to be Johnny's. I tried to tell y'all last year that uh, you know Arthur Smith is the unicorn killer, and it brought he brought over his guy. Man, he, he likes Johnny. You know, it's gosh, I, it's amazing to me. Is, like, like we we what's that? He made him good in Tennessee, right? He made him good. He did, and I think, you know, it's almost like Dynasty for Arthur Smith. It's like, well, they just didn't, you know, Bill didn't use him right up there. I need to get, I need to bring him back. It's it's like, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. It's, in best ball I'm interested in, but like, it, it's amazing to me how we talk about all this, this NFL stuff is, um, you know, people earn targets and there's a lot of, the, there's a lot of things that are earned and there are. But the more you watch football and like on a heavy basis, you watch a ton of games, you go back and watch games after they're done. That's one of the things I love having the uh, the Sunday ticket is like I can actually go through. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't get to see enough of this game because I watch a lot of different games and then I have the red zone always on, right? So it's like, let me go back and watch some some, some game of this. And you start to realize like it is very much, it's super political, man. Like you're going to see guys that just have opportunity and roles because of coaches sometimes. And it's, I'm not saying John is bad, by the way, but like you have a stud in Kyle Pitts, and we got to get John with the ball. It's like, wow, man, you you see it from time to time. I'm not saying every team in every situation is that way. It's just it's funny how that's presented all the time. Like usually, you associate that with like new coaches coming over. They always bring like those one or two guys where you're like, yeah, we're fringe on like actually being on an NFL roster, but you know they bring them because the locker room or they know yeah, they, the they, they want to establish the their guy. role. Like they want to establish their situation in the in the locker room. Yeah, I'm with you. The, the part the part about me that always hates it though is like when those dudes are getting copious amounts of playing time. So a good example. I don't I don't hate this guy at all, but you know Zach Pascal was with the Eagles last year. He wasn't good. Jonathan Gannon goes to the Cardinals, and, like, it seems like every time they went to, like, a Cardinals drive on red zone, it's like Zach Paschal. I see him on the field, and I'm just fucking shaking my fist. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why is Zach Paschal on the damn field? You, you know what's out of here. You know what? Actually, um, not the same coat, but, like, uh, the Josh Reynolds thing, though, at the same time, sometimes it works, right? Like, Josh Reynolds is uh, kind of this thing. Right. Sometimes it does work. <laughs> it's just amazing though. Like you do, see, you see it a lot. So it's it's with Janu. It's I think and actually Janu. Um, after get he got that huge contract in, in New England, and I think at that point expectations were always going to be a lock to fail. Right. But Janu should always have had a role. He he's an athletic. Good. He's a good tight end in the NFL. He's good for an NFL team. Um, but you know when we already have a low ceiling on an offense and we have these studs we want to let loose and then John is just coming to be annoying in the way we, we hate it in fantasy right <laughs> right war per game for the last three weeks uh, just some some quick tight end observations and we'll get out of here uh, Cole Komet actually comes in a tight end two for the last three weeks in war per game behind Mr. 
Travis Kelsey himself. So actually, um, that's one of the things uh, I forgot to mention about you know the warp that like that's one of the things for Cole Komet for me where it shows and and I guess this is an in lineup if you can't cash out like I'm not buying Cole Komet to be honest with you in lineup, um, but if you can't cash out for a reasonable price, like I, I'll I'll just keep keep him and play him. But in best ball, where I'm so interested is it shows you because he has that when he has these monster weeks. Like if you look in warp in in frames of two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, the one week he had, like you you see how clearly massive it was at that position because uh, it's just it's it's either Fields and his running ability and defenses lose Cole Komet or whatever. But what whatever the situation is, I don't even care. It's just he poses this type of boom, you know earth-shaking booms for one week and it could totally win you a league uh win you a week for in any league right and the last one i'll give you just a sneaky one right had some dynasty value at some point and then we wrote him off as dog shit and uh in the last three weeks he's kind of proven maybe i'm not dog shit dalton schultz tight end nine in war per game the the worst part about that Adam is for for about two weeks there he gave me a whole shit ton of like Brevin Jordan hope like hey, hey maybe I was just early on Brevin Jordan you might be a thing no no, I, 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 <laughs> no this was this was one I was gonna I was gonna bring up before I didn't realize you were gonna get there so I I've been wanting to ask you about where you're at with Dalton Schultz because you know what if you guys are tuning into this Dynasty Degenerates if you're tuning into this right. And you know, you know as well as I do, Mike's affinity for leaning in to his hateful takes, right? <laughs> when he hates somebody or a situation or a cost, you aren't going to just know about it. You're going to know about it strongly and frequently. So, Mike, give us where are you at with Dalton Schultz today? Does he still does he see the Brock Purdy list where it's like, I, I see he's doing well, but I'm still going to fight it? Or are you are you kind of like mildly in? No. There's only one dude on that list. That's Brock Purdy. Okay, <laughs> that's, fair enough. That's a list to its own. Love it. <laughs> it's a list to its own. Okay. That's a, that's like the Patrick Mahomes tier and then everybody else in quarterback, right? Like there's a separation. Yeah. Or better yet, Justin Jefferson and every other wide receiver. <laughs> there's a gap. Uh but Dalton Schultz, yes. He I want to get to I want to get to that. Damn, I want to get to that before we leave here. Uh we already went over an hour, but we'll 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 try to wrap it up quick quick. Uh so with Dalton Schultz, man, I, I think, um, I, I think we just need to appropriately value him now. Like, I don't want to hear the truthers coming back and screaming either. He's not. He's not a positional difference maker. He's just a solid no. tight end. And I think that's if we're valuing him as a solid tight end with maybe a touch of upside. Fine. I'm. 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 I'm interested in best ball lineup. If I can find someone that still wants to pay him like he uh, got paid to go to Houston, you can have them. I mean, yeah. It, it's yeah, not it's you. not that complicated for tight ends for me anymore, you know? You either fit my best yeah. ball roster construction or in lineup you can go unless you're super super cheap. Like that that's the kind of lineup where you might think about buying them for a third, but you're definitely not paying the second. And uh, in best ball it's like I don't know. Can I find like another Dalton Schultz? <laughs> like, exactly. Do I go by Dalton Schultz or do I go by Johnny Smith? <laughs> What's the cost difference? Yeah. Now, if the cost the same, I'm taking Dalton Schultz, right? Like, no question about it. Let's not get ridiculous here. But if you're yeah. telling me 
I wanted to buy another tight end in best ball, and I like what I see from Dalton Schultz, and they're like, yeah, it's going to take a second. Or I go to the guy who's got Janu, and he's like, fuck, I didn't even know I had Janu on my roster. I'll take anything. <laughs> you got a bag of peanuts? <laughs> sure, sure, buddy, here you go. Like, I'm going to go buy that instead of the, the actual Dalton Schultz. So that's probably where I am. I just thought it was interesting because we kind of wrote him off as, as dead in the first couple of weeks were horrible. He didn't make the list on weeks one through five, but you just look at the last three, probably because the last two games have actually been pretty damn good for Dalton Schultz. Interesting one if you want to go explore and see if, uh, you know, maybe there's another uh, Mike in your league who fucking hates Dalton Schultz. <laughs> just get rid of him. Like, Yeah. I, um, I'm I'm with you on Schultz. I I think uh I, I kind of like going through that in using warp as well as you know talking different player takes and you know trade trading advice and discussion. I think I think re- bringing it back to trades is always um what people want to hear anyway. You know, trading and drafting are probably it's not our start not our start set advice. <laughs> well, well, not not mine for sure. Um, the uh, well, that's what they come to see. <laughs> Eric, Eric, Eric does. I, I, I do like Eric on the Star Sit Show, man. But um, I will say, Bro, I didn't even remember I made that uh Zach Moss face. Oh <laughs> like yeah, I watched that short and I was like, I really did that. <laughs> Listen, with the glasses going, I go into a, I go into a different, I'm like a Willie Beeman, man. I got that invisible. <laughs> I, I think we have a, see me. I, I think we have a clear difference. Like anytime we refer to you as McNutted now, you got to have the glasses on. Like I think I think he's just standard okay. Mike. You know, he's happy. You know, smiley. He'll, he's not going to fight it's you. Like you put them, Prime. you put them <laughs> shades on. Watch out, man. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Speaking of anything is possible, Mike. Over. Dynasty degenerates. I mean, do you know? Now, last year, uh, some things changed for me, but since last year, I've been people have been just telling me. Telling me, telling me, telling me. Justin Jefferson's unacquirable, never going to be had, cannot ever buy him. I've heard the same about Joe Burrow. I've heard the same about Mike. There, There is still, for me, and we haven't seen him actually miss a full season or, like, early enough time. There was the one year with the kneecap situation, remember? But, like, Mahomes, no. right? But there, Justin Jefferson, I'm not saying – I think a lot of people are going to hold, but – I've already seen inbox questions, deals go down. Like we saw this with Jamar Chase. I still think Justin Jefferson is in tier one by himself, but you miss time. You go on the IR list as a receiver. There are other options and people don't want to wait, right? It's the reason that people charge interest and can charge what they want and people still pay it because they want their money now. They want it today, right? And Justin Jefferson's being had in league. So let me ask you just like, I'm going to give you a couple questions. I was asked like offers that are out there. Uh, would you take AJ Brown, Jordan Addison in a second, or would you take Justin Jefferson in the first? <laughs> Jefferson in the first. Agreed. Now what if you took the picks out? What if it was just, you needed production, you're going to get off of Jefferson, but you're going to get AJ Brown and Addison back. AJ Brown and Addison. I agree. Okay. That, that, that's where I'm at, I think. But it's just funny, though. Like, people would not yeah. – if there's no if there's no injury to Jefferson, people are laughing at you. I sent out a, a shit ton of Justin Jefferson offers today. <laughs> not not accepted? 
just almost universal. Uh, any league that I was uh, was not a contender in. You know? I said I've any been accepted? If I'm a contender, I don't. Uh, no, not a single one. Not a single one. I, I did see one get uh, instant rejected, and then our boy Blitz uh, posted it in the Discord. Not because I sent it to him, but the guy sent out like a Justin Jefferson offer to him, like the guy I was trying to get Jefferson off of, and asked him for like six first worth of value. Like it was like Brock Purdy, Michael Pittman, Aaron Jones, like a bunch of other shit attached to it. I'm going, what the? <laughs> well, no wonder mine. I only sent two pieces of mine. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder that got instant rejected. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of the I'm things. Sorry, that's... Blitz. I maybe set that one up for you. Like th- this is one of the things though in lineup, which is so interesting. Um, unless you've like built your team perfectly roster construction and you have depth and you've probably had the team around. Like a lot of teams yeah. in lineup are heavily reliant on Jefferson. And most of the times it's like, okay, well he just had a down week. Now that's the problem. But if you're in like a shallow league, right? Lineup nine, 10, whatever. And, and Jefferson's probably carrying you. And if you're not like built perfect, it's he's why you're winning, and now going to be why you're losing three to four weeks. Like that, that can totally change the course of a season for somebody. So, um, I think there, like I, I was just going to actually touch this with you. Like if you have Jefferson, you you have a team like that. Do you kind of just like as opposed to trading Jefferson away? Not not saying you couldn't, you know, go find a. You could probably still trade him away, get an elite receiver and a plus back. But instead of doing that, do you kind of just let what's going to happen or try to buy back something cheaper, like Joe, Jacoby Myers, maybe just see if you can kind of sneak and, sneak and claw your way into hanging around for the playoffs? Or do you just kind of let what happens, and if I'm not ready to contend, this isn't going to be my year, you kind of build for next year a little bit? Like, what do you do? So, so for me, I have two Jefferson shares, right? Like, it's a hard one to have a ton of shares of across all your dynasty leagues, just because unless, you unless so you're drafting them in the first and all those uh, all those startups, right? Right. Yeah, which isn't me. But uh, on both of those teams, both of my teams are you know rebuilders, dog shit. Like, the, the year's over for me anyway. So it's like you're not getting Jefferson off of me, <laughs> like, unless you're coming with like pre-injury prices where I couldn't say no then. All right, we can have a discussion. But, Adam, if I wasn't in the situation where I'm on these contenders, I think it kind of just depends on how strong your contender is. You know, if we're playing in the median with, like, a lot of our best ball leagues, you know, some of my rosters are sitting at 10-0, and 0, right? And I'm up by, like, four, 500 points at this point in a best ball league. I may have Justin Jefferson. He may have been doing a lot, but I roster constructed correctly. Like, I – I can weather the storm for four weeks. Like I've already gone five. Nobody's been able to touch me yet. Now maybe I'm touchable, but at worst case scenario, what I come out after four weeks and I'm, you know, against the median, we're talking eight games, four and four. So now what I'm 14 and four on the year, probably still rocking first place at that point. (laughs) Like that's worst case scenario. And a lot of these, I think I may try to backfill with a little bit, Lineup league, like start nine, that's probably where it's the bigger kick in the balls. Right. right? Yep. I think those are probably the situations where maybe you don't have the meeting, you don't have the benefit of this giant lead, and maybe you weren't in first place. Maybe you're in second or third, but your team was doing fairly well. You're in a smaller lineup league. That was a huge piece for you, right? I don't want to say you have to sell, 
but you're doing yourself a disservice if you just dig your heels in, right? If you're not exploring some of the guys we talked about in warp, whether it's a running back position, maybe upgrading that or upgrading your QB2 as a part of a Justin Jefferson deal to actually go compete for a championship, I think you're just being stubborn, right? Like the whole dynasty thing is starting to overtake the fact that you actually have a realistic chance to win money this year. Treat it more like a redraft where you need to pivot and try to figure out how to win now. Like I'm not saying you got to go all willy-nilly and just push all in, but like I I do see a lot of people who are like, I'd rather lose this year than trade Justin Jefferson. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Good luck to you. You know what I'd rather do at the end of the year? Win some fucking money. <laughs> Win some money so I can pay for this league and like six others for free. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit how many Justin Jefferson shares I have at the end of the year. If I'm rolling in championships, you can have them all, Adam. I'll well, give I, them away. <laughs> well, I think that's actually to the point I'm making because if I can get out of Jefferson, like if I'm, if I'm in a position where I need production, he was carrying my team, if I can get out of him, and actually net a, a, a really, really good teardown or like if I can get back C.D. Lamb or, uh, you know, A.J. Brown type, like someone that's not tier one, but if they're in certainly in tier two, maybe in tier three if I'm getting enough back. Now, the further you go down the list, obviously, the, the pluses that come back are going to have to stack up. But my, my biggest point is if I, if I can get that done to still win the money, yes, you – you should not forego that opportunity because at the end of the day, every year you're playing with a new buy-in and the idea is to try to win. So now if you're just, if you're not in it for winning money, I mean, you play in free leagues, right? You don't have to play in money leagues, but I'm playing in money leagues because I want to win at some point. Um, now the, the other, the other thing I do want to talk about though, is that there is though the scenario where I, this is, it depends on your leagues. I've seen it both ways the offers you're getting for Justin Jefferson with the team construction that I have that was so heavily reliant on him is not going to help me fucking win anyway. Like, Justin Jefferson is part of the reason I'm winning on certain one of these teams. As much as I love Ayuk, you're giving me Ayuk and let's say another really good plus, Ayuk is not going to carry your team though. Like, Ayuk is going to be very good, but he's not going to be the reason this team that's kind of third already is winning. So I think you have to have a hard look in the mirror what does your team look like? What's the format? To Mike's point, if you have a great team built and you're just like, I'm, I'm not, I want Jefferson for the rest of the time, don't dig your heels into that. That's dumb. If you want to still try to win, you should be trying to get offers done. And if you can't net the the deal that you really want or is going to help you actually have a better chance to win this year, sometimes, sometimes it is better to go backwards than try to fight uphill. I, I do think, though, with, because Jefferson is so fucking valuable, man. Like, he's so highly coveted. J- just make sure that you've explored every inch of finding a legit offer back. So I, I, it's never going to be fun to send away Jefferson, but it's always going to be legit to win the money. And if you can get three, two really good pieces and almost a you know surefire top 10 wide receiver, top five receiver back, go win the money now, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. This was a good one. Went a little bit longer, and we started a little bit later, but that's fine. We got her in. Got to 40 be, man. Chess. Uh, the podcast folks will get to listen to this on Friday. Uh, for the patrons, uh, just a reminder, if you're listening to this now and you're like, oh, you guys also did this on YouTube? Yeah, 
We did it live. Patrons, link goes out sometime Tuesday night. Uh, send it out. Uh, you know, you get the, the email link, but I'll put it in the Discord. So if you're a member, feel free to tap in, you know, participate in the chat. If not, if you just like it in podcast form, by all means, comes out Friday. We also uh, upload the video with the uh, dope-ass intro by Mr. Fizzledalis himself. Okay, so Fizz got the, the 4D one hooked up, man. So, yeah, we appreciate it. Oh. Another, another good episode in the books, man. We'll see you back here same time, same place. And just remember, yeah. when your league mates are playing chess, play 4D chess. That's all I got. We're out of this thing. Peace. Peace. Peace.